Blog Talk Radio. We talk a lot about the kingdom here. And what do you think of the draft? I think America wants new leaders. From the people that brought you the roller coaster making game and who brought you the FEMA coloring books. It's the FEMA Camp Tycoon. That sounds cool. Here you will have over 800 concentration camps to choose from. Wow. You want Vegas? 29 Palms? Jacksonville? Start with Beach Grove, Indiana, and it's all yours. You'll learn how to get people on the red, the blue, and the yellow list. I want to be red. I want to be blue. Buy more trains. Get HR 645 passed, but don't pay the Senate too much money. You'll need to buy gas chambers with that. Collect barcode readers, sell souvenirs, and hit the high score on collecting millions of American people, I I mean, right-wing extremists. Anyway, coming soon, FEMA Camp Tycoon. Good evening, I'm Diana. Paul, are you there? Thanks for joining us and having me join you, Diana. I really enjoyed my time on the show. Hello, my dear. How are you? Quite well. How are you? I'm good. Busy. I've been traveling, so busy. Spoken things out, my dear. So I chose that I I chose, so anybody everybody welcome to the show, um, D and P delivering the truth and exposing the lies. We um, you know we're gonna just go over a bunch of stuff that happened this week, and and the reason why I chose that commercial in the beginning was obviously in New York State people had their eyes peeled this week um, because Bobby and Cox, Senator George Borrello, they went to court for the quarantine camp. Um, mess that they want to do here and i had the pleasure of speaking with her today and you know people are anxious to want to know when uh this would possibly happen when is a decision going to be made and she said it could be a month it could be a couple of months so uh we're just going to have to hang in there and see what happens but her argument was strong i don't know if you caught any of it paul i did not i know that the hearing was yesterday i've been promoting uh the cause and posting the show link everywhere that I can uh, to try to raise awareness of it and um, just waiting to find out what happens. Yeah, I'm going to be sure that I post. um, She sent me the, um, not what happened inside the courtroom, but she sent me the press conference that um, went on after. um, And that kind of gives a synopsis of, if for anybody that doesn't know what this bill is, it's it's basically a, a, a draconian bill where, they could come take you out of your house if they consider you a public threat for um for pretty much any communicable disease that there is. And, and there's even some in there that are not communicable diseases. I mean, one of them was, and I was kind of laughing at this one. I'm like, seriously, toxic shock syndrome. I mean, really? So um, yeah, it was it was an interesting, definitely an interesting uh, a thing to listen to yesterday, but she, she was pretty strong. And in fact, we, 
I'm, I'm waiting for her secretary to reach out because when I was speaking with her, she said she does want to come back on the show um, probably middle of October to kind of update everybody on um, on what, you know, what happened in the courtroom. And, and there may or may not be a decision by the time she's back on. So that will be kind of good. Absolutely. I mean, she's a, uh, what she's doing is good work. And to refresh people, if you missed the episode in the first place, you can find it on the iHeart page. You can also go to pauldayton.us, which is my website, which also has every episode of this show archived on its own page. So you can go to the Bobby Ann Cox show uh, and listen to that episode if you want to uh, find out more. But this lady is working uh, for free on a volunteer basis to uh, fight New York State, fight the tyranny in New York State. So she's putting her money where her mouth is to that degree uh, that she's, you know, foregoing her, her you know, fee uh, for doing so, and which is great, which is wonderful. You can donate, by the way. Links to her websites are posted on pauldayton.us on the show uh, on her episode uh, page, so you can go there and donate or learn more. Uh, and it's really incredible. I mean, basically, to, to summarize it, uh, any employee of the government in New York State can walk up to you and just say the COVID monster's name or any other uh, illness name that they want to and come into your house without a warrant. Uh, they can take you away. Uh, they can lock you up. You cannot have a lawyer. There will be no bail set. Nothing like that will happen. And it's funny, you know, I've been discussing this with a few people since the show uh, was aired, you know, and, I was, you know, we talk about it. And, and so... Ms. Cox mentioned that she asked uh, some New York State scumbag, uh, so what happens when a citizen is, you know, taken captive, taken prisoner by the Gestapo? I mean, she didn't use those words. Those are my words. Uh, but, you know, that's basically what she asked them. How, how would the citizen get released? There was a long pause on the other end. They were, like, almost shocked. They had never considered this question before. And so they, they mulled it over in the for a minute, and they said, well, the, the citizen could sue New York State which, by the way, would take forever, forever and ever and forever and ever and ever. But think about it this way. If you can't call anybody, including your lawyer, while you're, while you're detained by them, how could you ever initiate the lawsuit to be free? It could never happen, of course. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. It's very troubling, and I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that she so, – so anyway, what happened was her, her, Ms. Cox got it overturned, right? New York State had the law. She and other you – know, there's some politicians involved, which is good, uh, but they got it overturned in court. New York State appealed the decision because evidently they feel like they were wrong. Hey, we should be able to lock you up whenever we want. It was fascinating. They talk about Nazi, the National Socialists in Germany and the Nazis and how, how much they hate this. I mean, these, this is the Gestapo showing up on your door saying, you, you know, we're just taking you away, and that's the way it is. Uh, and it's, it's troubling. So, so good luck to her and um, good luck to all of us, really. And she mentioned a very important thing before I throw it back to Diana. Ms. Cox mentioned when she was on our show, she said, listen, New York State is an important state because it's, such, it's so populous, plus it has New York City, so it gets national attention. So if something like this happens here, it can permeate its way into the rest of the country, either through other states doing the same thing or, of course, the evil concentration of power into, into Washington where they could just make a federal law uh, destroying your, your, your ability to move from one state to another and remain in the country. Um, so she's right about that. Over to you, Diana. Yeah, yeah, that's just really crazy stuff. So anyway, um, as soon as I have that date, you know, we'll be sure that we get that out there. But and, and, and like Paul said, you can go back and you can listen to all of our episodes. And, um, you know, that one, 
the, the ratings, you know, obviously were through the roof because people want to know what's going on, you know, and, and people that had no idea what was going on, they're like, well, what, what is, what is this? You know, it, it's like a communist China thing. It's not worse. I mean, that's what they were doing to those people during COVID in China. You know, they're ripping them out of their houses and, you know, taking their animals from them and, you know, whatever else nonsense they can come up with. And, you know, that's, that's what it reminds me of. So uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. But as soon as we have that date, you know, we'll, we'll go on. So, and, and next week's show, um, you know, just to mention next week's show briefly so I don't forget, we're having on um, a, a realtor, right? So we're going to talk about the housing market. And I honestly can't wait for this um, show because the housing market is kind of a disaster right now. Um, it's, you know, the rates are, are ridiculous and people are paying an average of $1,000 more for a mortgage than they were, you know, three years ago. So I'm uh, looking forward to that show next week for sure. So um, I'm as looking, all, huh? I'm sorry. I was just going to okay. add, as, as am I, I am also looking forward to the show. I think what, what Samantha is also going to discuss in addition to, she'll be with us for a while. She'll also probably give you tips out there if you're looking to sell your house, things you can do, to uh, sort of, without spending much money, increase your chances of, you know, getting it sold quickly and getting the price that you want. Also, for people who are buying or who are looking to buy, uh, things that you can maybe read, maybe things that are uh, you should look for that, um, you know, should send off alarm bells for you so you don't end up with, yeah. a, uh, with a big problem. So that should be a good show. I know Diane has some more like headlines. I'll, I'll let you like, know if like you are. Like a failed inspection, right, Paul? Okay, so um, some things are going on that, you know, we we, we always talk about the vaccine because obviously that's, you know, a hot topic, especially now since they've approved this booster, um, which is going to probably boost another quarter of the population off the earth the way that it's looking. But uh, they came out and they said today that there's actually, they're, they're testing on monkeys, which you know how I am about animals. I don't like any kind of animal testing, period. But um, they're doing under-the-tongue COVID vaccine. So they're, they're doing trials on monkeys for under-the-tongue COVID vaccine. Now, they, they never even did any testing on the first vaccine. What are they testing on monkeys for anyway? But uh, they might as well just throw it out there like they did Operation Warp Speed. But uh, testing on monkeys for under-the-tongue COVID vaccine. So any way that they can poison you and exit you off the earth, I mean, they're going to try it, <laughs> apparently. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm, not, I'm not picking on, on you, Diana, but I don't use the word vaccine, and I encourage other people not to, because vac- this is not a vaccine. Either, either it's not. A, so vaccine gives the person immunity. That means you take your <laughs> shot against it, and you're inoculated, and you're all set. So either there's one of two things out there, right, for everyone in the audience. Either it is really a vaccine, it really does achieve that that purpose, and everything else they're telling you is nothing but lies. They're just selling you additional shots for no no good reason other than to pump you through the stuff or whatever. Or none of them are vaccines. Right, you can have one or you can have the other. Go ahead, Diana. No, I was going to say it's a death poke. I mean, most of the people I think that listen to, to this show would probably know that. At least I hope so. And if you don't, um, it's time to do a little bit more research on that. But, yeah, it, it's a death poke. You know, all vaccines are, you know, God gave us an immune system. That's the way I look at it. 
I don't need to go get a flu shot every year because I'm worried about getting the flu. I do the right things to support my immune system and, you know, and knock on wood, I, you know, don't typically come down with that kind of stuff because I do the right things. I'm not saying I don't ever get a cold or get sick. I'm just saying that, you know, it's not as drastic as some people, you know, but they got to go get a flu shot and then they wonder why they have the, the flu three days later. Body do its job. But we're so busy as a society filling ourselves up with, with, with toxic chemicals. I mean, people were literally freaking out this week when they found out that McDonald's was getting rid of their self-serve soda machines or pop machines, whatever you call it from wherever you are in the country, uh, soda, pop. I mean, people were freaking out about this, Paul. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like there's probably going to be a lot less diabetics in the world now. I don't know. I mean, it's just a sugar bomb. But people are all worried about, oh, I can't get myself served, you know, Coke now. Ay, ay, ay. So, it's yeah, funny. when it comes to the death Go ahead. I'm sorry, Don. I just yeah, I just want to say, so before you mentioned, we were talking about, you know, you call it the death poll, which is anything but vaccine, because vaccine does not, I don't want to give it any, I mean, you can do whatever you want, obviously, you're your own person, but uh, I encourage people to to not give it any validation, like even saying like, oh, during COVID, during the COVID, like that gives validation, like there was an actual health emergency, right, as opposed to a big uh-huh. freaking overreach, a massive scam, I call it the shutdown, the shutdowns are the virus. I encourage people out there to do the same thing because when, when you go to other people and people who just ingest um, whatever the the the, uh, the average I guess uh, uh, story, um, yeah. If you just speak outside of outside of the terms to which they're accustomed, because I was very you know it's funny I was promoting my first book, the uh, I, I uh, targeted radio shows and particularly local radio shows around the country in the United States. And as I was doing that, and I knew people, and they were happy that I was writing a book and all that stuff, and uh, and they said, well, are you targeting, uh, I guess cons- they used the word conservative or, or, or Republican uh, shows, and I, I hadn't at all. And, in fact, I uh, I just, um, in fact, I would target ones that, that would say they were otherwise because that's, I mean, that, I want to bring the medicine to the sick. Let's talk about this. i got a whole bunch of evidence. What do you have? Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's find out what the answer is. Uh, but anyway, and so that, but at that point I realized, so I probably came up with a list of, I don't know, two or 300 uh, radio hosts and, uh, around the country. And I bet you I could count on one hand the number of local hosts who advertise themselves as anything other than conservative or, you know, Republican or, or whatever. Uh, the, there was only a handful who did not. Now, the national people that I would run into uh, as I was doing my, my, my list and my research uh, for promoting the book was, uh, now that, they have lockstep. So there was a lot of, you know, the other people, right, the, the uh, whatever they call themselves, liberals or whatever, uh, which is, so all, the whole point of all this is tying into what I was saying about the average message and speaking outside of that. This, the bad guys, the communists, wokerness, whatever you're calling these people, American liberals, they're all roads lead to the same destination. They put the important setting of whether the people, the person is in charge of their own life or whether they are enslaved to, to a faraway government someplace, a handful of people. That's the important variable. These people set the important variable to dictators tell you what to do with your life all the time. Uh, those yeah. people have a, have a solid message. So that's the thing. They have a fiction, so they can't really let it get too too diverse. They must have 
lockstep conformity because they're pushing fiction. Anybody who, any kind of diversity from that, people are going to go examining evidence, facts, proof, and doing anything like that is going to cause their whole thing to unravel. So they have a very strong national message, and they all say the same thing. So it's another reason to, I, I think it's important, to speak outside of that. So when you say, you know, the shutdowns really cause all this death, the shutdowns, you know, talk about the shutdown, put the, put the blame where it belongs, or call it like experimental flu shot or a death poke like Diane is doing. Anything, if you just mix it into the conversation as a synonym, it will sort of jolt some of these people into alertness at least. So that we, I, I hope, we can, you know, jumpstart the uh, the on switch for the critical thinking mechanism in their brain. Um, and so that's uh, my that's my that's, that's a long way for me to say that I encourage people to uh, to not just call it a vaccine and not to uh, legitimize it by saying during during the COVID health scare. Uh, and that's that's it. Over you, Diana. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good point. So uh, some happy news for people in Utah. Uh, Mid Rodney says he's not going to seek another term in the U.S. Senate. Finally, really? <laughs> Good riddance. You got to wonder why. It's kind of uh, sudden and abrupt, but uh, hmm. Yeah, good, good, good riddance. See ya. See you later. And then uh, you know the the thing in New Mexico, where they were making the public health order um, for you know suspending people's rights to carry to carry uh, firearms. A uh, federal judge blocked it, so that was good news. So their their little tyrannical uh, effort to take away firearms kind of backfired into their face. So That's, we, we I actually, actually, I actually that one caught that one caught my uh, radar as well. And I don't keep people who are new to the show or have only heard a few episodes. I don't really keep up with the headlines uh, as much uh, myself. I'm more in the history book, but the um, uh, that one, that one was on my radar. That they and th- these people will do anything. So, so let no crisis go to waste. Lends itself to let no election go without a quote crisis end quote. Uh, and they will. Mm-hmm. These people will seize any opportunity to declare an emergency and start piss- and start revoking your rights. And, and, and that's really and that's just yeah. another example of it. Let's, let's shout the COVID monster's name and, and take away your right to bear arms. And shout just like in New York State, let's shout the COVID monster's name and rip you out of your house and, and imprison you indefinitely without a trial. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really it's good that it was overturned. That's wonderful news. I had not heard that part, uh, and that's that is good news. And hopefully, um, hopefully things like that will continue because it's going to be a tough year. I mean, pro- every presidential election year is, is is hot in terms of you know the politicians pushing legislation. And it's, in New York State, I, re- I real I, re- I recalled or I recall seeing this happen a lot. They'll propose legislation they know for sure isn't going to pass just to get headlines. Certain politicians, it's a way of sort of getting publicity without having to pay for it, without having to like buy an ad. Um, mm-hmm. But and that, that so that also escalates during a presidential election season. So that, that is, I'm really pleased to hear that 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 was the outcome in New Mexico. And I encourage people out there listening to think twice before people try to drum you into a panic. There's an awful lot of panicking going on uh, just when they need to tell you that there must be armed armed military personnel in every corner or that you cannot bear arms or, or so on and so forth. Like, pay attention to this pattern. Uh, there's nothing so temporary. There's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. In the same way, there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government order restricting your rights. 
and you'll find that to be the case. Um, over to you, Diana. Yeah, you know, and obviously for the people that do follow the 2020 uh, 2030 agenda, you know, which is the new world order and what you know what these what these lunatics want, you know, and, and that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. So, you know, we could go into for hours on the 2030 agenda, you know, what they're trying to do here. But if you look at the timeline and how things have played out with that, it's been pretty uh, accurate. But, you know, people are fighting back, which I think there's more people fighting back now than ever because there's always going to be the dumbasses that will still wear a mask in their car like I saw today. I was like, what are you doing? It's a beautiful, you know, 70-degree, uh, sunny day out. Why, why are you wearing a mask in your car? Just stop, you know. But the, the, there's going to be those people out there that are never going to be able to be fixed. And um, so what? But um, I think that there are more people awake than there was certainly three years ago. I don't know that they know exactly where to put it all or how to put the pieces together, but um, I think it's it's better than it was, you know. And when I was down um, in the big FL um, a couple of weeks ago, there's no, but they're all living life like there's no talk. Even like you mentioned, Paul, near you, there's no talk of, you know, the stupid nonsense that's, that's going on you know, with masks and, and all that. Cause you know, it's a lot of it isn't the governing too. So in here, you know, they just don't ever give it up. They just don't give it up. It's constant. I mean, the governor, Jokel, Hokel, she was on yesterday talking about how, Oh, you know, just because you've had the jab uh, doesn't mean you're safe, you know, this fall. So the big push is on for that. And you know, that's to be expected. We already knew that, you know, they were going to try to push this agenda again here um, or, you know, even nationwide. They're, they're trying. Whether or not they're going to succeed, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot more people that, I mean, if they tried to bring, it, bring back a mask mandate right now, I I would be interested to see how many people would actually follow that. Me, I've never followed it, and I won't, you know. And I sure had my share of uh, – getting kicked out of places and getting ridiculed and, and everything else. But I, I will stand my ground. You know, you got something to say, you better come say it to my face instead of doing it on social media. So you can, you can bring a box of masks to my house and I'll show you that they don't work. I mean, you, you've seen videos of the whole mask thing with people, you know, blowing smoke out of them and it's coming out of all corners. It's, it's a hoax. And like you said, it was it was just their way to see. And you said this last week or the week before, it was their way to see how many people would comply with the nonsense. Because if they can get away with that, what else are they going to try to get away with? That remains to be seen. We'll see. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and she and Diana is right. So Diana's doing the show uh, from Western New York, which is if you don't know what that actually people around the country might not know what that means. It's the Buffalo area of New York State, uh, and I'm doing the show from West Virginia, uh, so that's the case. So that's what we're, when we're referring to our, our uh, geography, that's what that means. And by the way, people can call in. We have uh, 
phone number here, 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. If people want to call in and talk, you have to press 1. Let us know that you want to come on. Otherwise, you can just uh, be listening and have the feed on your phone that way. Uh, if you prefer that, that's fine, too. We do have that phone number. And it's funny, you know, in Buffalo, I was speaking to a friend of mine uh, just the other day. Who, uh, who's, I'm from Buffalo, for by the way, for people who don't know. And I moved to West Virginia a couple of years ago. Uh, so one of my Buffalo friends, uh, I was speaking to him, and he was talking about the Bills got approved for for a stadium. Which, and the, by the way, the NFL is a welfare queen league. Uh, they are not. I mean, they they are not grown men with real careers. They are welfare queens. They can't even build their own stadiums. They 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 hit up. They they, they need a welfare check from the government in order to go build a stadium for themselves to play. Uh, even though I mean they they could have. But but they're just sort of of an attitude. Well, why would we pay for it uh, out of our own pocket when we don't have to? Which I mean, it, it is sleazy and, and horrid. But on the other hand, it's the politicians' fault for paying them, and at the and even more so, it's the voters, it's the electorate's fault for doing anything other than being you know outraged uh, when the politicians do when the politicians even begin starting to speaking about pay begin start speaking about paying them because that takes a long time. Uh, you know, with legislation and, and committee and the newspaper stories and all that stuff goes on. Uh, so th- that's that's really the problem. So I'm always trying to do the hard job of, of making everybody better so that people will go fetch for uh, for a better class of voters. Um, but and so with that, I, I kind of threw it out there. And this is uh, when somebody builds a stadium, uh, one of these sports teams, sometimes they try to get a champion, like a, the Super Bowl rotates. So the championship game in football is the Super Bowl. And I know it rotates. And when you build a new stadium, like you, you more or less can't get a Super Bowl unless you build a new stadium. Although building a new stadium is not guaranteeing to a Super Bowl. And so I said to him, you know, so that, anyway, that topic came up. And he said, oh, boy, I hope they do it. I said, to which I, I immediately replied, why would you want that? Buffalo can't host a Super Bowl. Buffalo doesn't have anywhere near the hotels or the capacity on the roads. I mean, depending on where they put the stadium, I guess. But, I mean, they, no matter where they put the stadium, they have nowhere near the, the amount of people that will be there for two weeks is going to be unreal. I mean, unreal. Buffalo could never handle it. Uh, and so th- this is my question for you, Diana. What would your reaction be? If in an effort to host a Super Bowl, there was government payouts for people who would build hotels for the project, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, what's going to happen to the hotels after the after the you know the Super Bowl's over? They're just going to sit there, right? Yes. And, and what's going to happen? Towns are going to be responsible for the taxes on it. I mean, I don't know. Buffalo's a dump. I mean, I hate to say it, but Buffalo's a dump. And and I don't live too far from the new stadium that's going literally across the road from the old one. And 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 you know the bills. I, I don't follow football. I don't. I, I used to in the old days before I found out how corrupt this organization was. But uh, side note, <laughs> they you know they were they're already talking about traffic congestion because this main road that goes to the stadium is going to be closed up because there's there's not an and which and it's taking probably it's got to at least be taking 65 percent of the parking at the stadium that uh was utilized 
is where this new state where where this new stadium is being built, and it's it's just stupid. You know, there's there's literally nothing wrong with the stadium that's there. They remodeled it like ten years ago. They put millions of dollars into it. So the Bills are not going to win a Super Bowl because they have a new stadium. You exactly said that right. And I I don't know. I mean, they could come build all the hotels they want, but people will come here for the week and then they'll leave. And then, you know, those buildings will be stuck vacant like so, so many other buildings in this area are. Like, I can't wait to leave here. I mean, it's much sooner than later, and I'll be honest, I can't wait. And I know you know the way I feel. I know you know exactly how I feel, because you left, too. It's a dump. And people say, oh, Western New York, Western New York is so great. The people are so great. Um, Yeah, I used to be a flight attendant, and I've met hundreds of people, hundreds and thousands of people throughout the entire country. And... People that think Buffalo is all that, I'm not saying it's a horrible place to live. It's great in the summer, but anybody that says it's a fantastic place to live clearly are the ones that have never traveled. So <laughs> it's, um, it, it's just a tax dump. It's got the highest Erie County, which is the county that Buffalo is in, has the highest tax bracket in the country. And, and what are you getting for that? Lake Erie, which is a toxic waste dump? I don't know. We got to go to commercial before I get on a soapbox I'm never going to get off of. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll see you on the other side. All right. DMP delivering the truth and exposing the lies. We will be back in four minutes, guys. Hang tight. Oh, everything's gotten so expensive. I'm going to starve. Official ah. sources say inflation is only up 7% from last year. Uh, but the official index doesn't even count food or gas. Transitory inflation is good and healthy for the economy. How is it going to not be able to afford food? Eating fewer meals per day is better for your health. How are you going to sit here and tell me not being able to eat food is good for me? You're out of touch, man. You can't ignore this problem. Inflation is real, and someone needs to take responsibility. <sighs> You're right, man. It's his fault. <laughs> You're under arrest for shoplifting. But we're in California. Hmm. <laughs> How is inflation affecting you? Leave your comment below. Please like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to help us make more, donate at patreon.com slash freedom tunes. Thank you. I want to tell everyone about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal. Flip-flops are the most worn shoe. Even in America, almost everyone wears cheap flip-flops during the summer, sometimes even all year long. It's because they don't want to wear shoes, but there is 60 years of social stigma to overcome. Most people think it is illegal to drive a car, go to a store, or eat in public without shoes on. The fact is, there are zero laws, health department stuff, 
insurance regulations, etc. about going barefoot. Not only that, it is actually safer and more healthy to go barefoot than wear most shoes that we have been wearing for the last half century. Please check out the website barefootislegal.org and check out all of our social media. Going barefoot is safe, healthy, and legal. Barefootislegal.org. We're back. You with me, Paul? Sure am. Yeah, I already got a text from one of my guy friends saying, you're dousing Buffalo on the radio show and the Bills? Come on. Of course, this is somebody that has lived there all his life and, you know, barely traveled. So I said, well, that was my point. That was my point, my dear. So, yeah, there are some good points to the area. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Niagara Falls not being one of them anymore on the American side. But, um, yeah, I, you know, half my bags are packed. It's on a time limit now. And, honestly, I can't wait. So. But for uh, you, yeah, my life is. It is. Yeah, my life is so much better since I fled New York State. And if you don't mind, I want to just uh, revisit the topic that we began before the break about the, uh, first of all, how awful uh, New York State is, of course. But also the uh, this, this issue with should the bills or would politicians would the this is really what I'm saying the politicians may use tax money right so that is they'll dip into the the, the uh, their version of the treasury to use as campaign mm-hmm. funds uh, to build to, to try to get a, a uh, and by the way if a Super Bowl goes to Buffalo and that's a great way to get money to get poured into Buffalo poured into Buffalo from from the government because it's going to be on display. And can you imagine all the pothole? I mean, I haven't been in the city of Buffalo in probably four years, but I, I presume it's the same as it was. I mean, I don't know, 70%? Like, I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, it, perhaps seven out of 10, you know, uh, buildings in that in that city are, like, certainly uh, dilapidated, if not wholly, like, vacant for decades, rat-infested, you know, craft people-infested, uh, the streets are just trash, filled with like potholes. Uh, driving's a nightmare already around there. I mean, it would be an embarrassment on display for the country to see. Plus, they don't have the hotel. So anyway, that, politicians would love for that to happen because it'll make them look good. They would think. Um, but anyway, so if the state used tax money or, or Byron Brown or whoever it is. Uh, to try to, again, entice the NFL to, to bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo. Yes, they would need the hotels to get built. I'd be fascinated to know whether Carl Palladino would hold out and say, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear Carl Palladino's thoughts on that. Because he, if you don't know who he is around the country, he's a big real estate mover and shaker. He is a, he's from South Buffalo. And uh, he's run for governor a couple of times. Um, and anyway, so he, he would be probably, like, one of the people on the list. He offered to buy the Perry Project. This is a very, like, sp- peculiar to Buffalo uh, uh, statement to make. But he offered to buy a Perry Project for, like, a, for a dollar. 
uh, some time ago. He's offered mm-hmm. to do that a few times because, look, basically I'm doing you a favor. This, these places need all this money. I'll put the money into it. You, the politicians, have this eyesore, this embarrassment here. I am a grown man with a real career. I will actually turn them into functional buildings, but I'm not going to pay you an arm and a leg and then go use my own money to fix it up. No. Uh, so anyway, that'd be fascinating. But I could predict, so this is an easily foreseeable outcome. They're carting, the illegal invaders, they're carting them in. Uh, I know they're doing that there. And I guess they had to throw them out of, like, the college dorms or something because the students were back. Or There was some issue where they were housing the, the, the illegal invaders someplace. And then the people whose, like, rightful home it was came back and said, hey, or maybe it was a hotel. I don't remember. So anyway, they need a place for these people. So this is an easily foreseeable outcome. They use the taxpayer money to get these hotels built so they can then host a Super Bowl. And for two weeks, it's two weeks, folks, two weeks. That's it. Two weeks. The place will be packed, packed with more people from all over the world than you've ever seen in your life. And then it will be a ghost town other than than those two weeks. And so, hey, we got all these empty hotels. Gee, maybe we could put the illegal invaders in there. Free of charge. Mm-hmm. That's an easily foreseeable sort of uh, set of dominoes to uh, yeah. to see. And, uh, I mean, what do you think about that, Diana? So I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll build them and do all that, and then when the court, if the quarantine bill can't <laughs> quarantine can't bill passes, they could use it to put us all in quarantine. Who knows, right? They could be our FEMA camp up there. Maybe that's what they'll do. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just want to I just want to finish this uh this New York State thing, this this Buffalo thing with all right, so let's substantiate our claim about the taxation in case people don't know. Uh before the show today yeah. I planned on talking about this a little bit. So I'm on tax this is coming from taxfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is for twenty twenty two, the most recent completed year, twenty twenty two. Uh Buffalo, I was, I was, when I lived in New York State, I had more of these things. I, I, it came to my mind that I used to say, New York State, first in everything bad and last in everything good. Uh, so, <laughs> so New York State is number 50 out of 50 in terms of tax burden, oh. in terms of uh, total tax burden. Uh, that is state oh, and local tax burden. Such a surprise. What, Diane? Yeah, what a surprise. What a surprise. That's right. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked. What's the number? Want to guess the number? Percentage. Percentage no. tax rate for state and local taxes. It's uh, 15. It's 15.9%. New York State, well, state, state and local tax burden, the worst in the state or the or number one, depending on how, how you're looking at it. It's the highest. Uh, so I would say it was the worst. Uh, 15.9%. Of that money, uh, looks like 10 out of every $12 stay in the state and the other two go out of the state. Uh, the, nec- the next worst is try to find number 49 here. Well, here's some other people. Here are uh, 48. State number 48 is Hawaii at 14.1%. State number 49 is Connecticut at 15.4. So New York's 15.9. Connecticut right on its heels at 15.4%. Just just for the local house. Plus, I mean, just so people know, you can deduct some of your, like you can deduct your property taxes from your taxation. But you still have to pay the Fed. You still have to pay your federal taxes. 
Plus, you have to pay, and this includes. So this 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 amount includes excise taxes, uh, of course, like the regular property taxes uh, and, and other things. So I encourage people to check out taxfoundation.org if they want to learn more about this or other uh, where your state ranks and the the things that there. I found the list here, the list of taxes that they included: property taxes, general sales tax. When I I was the what's the sales tax in Erie County? Eight point seven five percent, Diana. pretty close to that. I think it's got to be 9%. I, I don't know. I just know that every time you buy something, you know, it's pathetic. Let's just say if you have a 10% off coupon, it doesn't mean anything. How's that? Well, it means you don't pay the sales tax. That's right. That's basically what it means. Uh, and when I lived there, when I, well, when I moved, it was 8.75%. But like I said, that was a few years ago. Excise taxes on, you know, goods like adult beverages and other things. Uh, license fees. They are bad to businesses. And it's funny, and there, there are other stuff. People can look at taxfoundation.org. And just, just I want to finish it up, Diana, with your thoughts on this. So my friend from Buffalo was talking about, like, these, and he keeps up with all the uh, ridiculous, like, ideas that these people. You know what they love to do, if you don't know around the country, by the way, there's a border bridge. Buffalo is a border city of Canada. And there's a border crossing bridge between the United States and Canada uh, that comes from Buffalo, Peace Bridge. And what, they, what the local politicians in Buffalo and people around the country maybe can relate to this, or maybe, when I tell people in West Virginia this, they like are like horror. If they look at me, they recoil. Like I was telling the story of how like somebody mutilated their own child or something. Like like what is what? Is that real? Yeah, it's real. So what they like to do is like to take tax money, and they do these proposals. They like to have proposals, and like to hire architects, and like to hire consultants. And they like to have expensive lunches. And they like to do all that stuff and actually achieve nothing other than, like, pushing papers and paying each other and circulating this money and nothing actually gets done. My friend told me that the under part of the peace bridge is starting to deteriorate to the point where it's beginning to become unsafe. And Canada is giving New York State a hard time saying, like, hey, look, like we'll pitch in. And Canada's broke, too. Of course, they're super socialist, even more socialist than the United States. And like, look, we'll pitch in, but like, we can't do this. Because, uh, I mean, they, how long have they been kicking those plans around in, in New York State? 15 years for the Peace Bridge? I mean, a decade and a half, maybe? Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway, so, but anyway, the other idea they have Sometimes for... They still haven't done anything oh, on, with it. They still haven't done anything. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's a joke. Still that's haven't right. done anything so, with it. And, and, you know, and my friend was talking about this uh, this idea they had for this proposal they had for rerouting the Erie Canal so it, so it would flow through the city of Buffalo, and then they could have, like, boats coming through, like, like Main Street and stuff. I said, I said listen, listen, th- this is how perverse and messed up they are. The, so the problem mm-hmm. with New York State and County and the city of Buffalo, like, the main impediments to its progress or the causes of its dilapidation, however you want to look at it, is, New York State and Erie County tax policy and treatment of businesses, the licensing fees, the high taxes, the, the basically they treat you like you're a criminal if you want to stand on your own two feet is more or less I mean, is the simple way of saying it. They act like you did something. Oh, you, you have enough to get out of bed in the morning and go to work? You must have too much. You, somebody has nothing because you are keeping it from them. It's really, it's, it's, I guess, Marxian. Uh, to use a, a commonly used phrase, uh, and you have enough money that you're going to ask. And even if I mean, most people who start their first business, when I bought my first house, my first rental property, I mean, I had, I think it was $10,000, which I worked like my ass off to, I mean, working 50, 60 hour weeks, 
and like rest flipping burgers, making pizzas, jobs like that, hours equals dollars, having hardly any social life for years, squirreling away this money, trying to make my make my future better. Um and so then I took so I took I think it was thirty five hundred or four grand and put it down on my first time home purchase, which was like, you know, forty percent of my money at the time, it was a ton of money to me at the time. And I went in and, and that's how I got started. And, you know, just because I want to start, most people who start their first business are not doing it because they're filthy rich. They're doing it because they're not, and they would like to, like, climb up the career ladder and no longer be dependent on their employer and things like this. So, anyway, they asked, like, oh, you, you have enough money to start a business? Well, you must have too much. You, you've done something wrong. We're gonna, and they just start penalizing and taking and taxing and charging and treating you like you did something wrong. That's the main problem. They don't need to take charge people more and use that money on some kind of vanity project for politicians. That's not going to make the problem better. That's going to exacerbate the problem. Uh, so, and that's the big problem. The politicians want to be able to point to it and say, look, I built this canal for you. Vote for me. As opposed to, look, I repealed all these taxes and regulations for you so you could live your life and not, have, not be dependent on me. These politicians view that as, detrimental to their own cause, like it's cutting their own throat. And that's only true if the electorate makes it so. So we encourage, that's part of what we do, and so that's why I give a lot of evidence and spend time on that, is to show people, it's not, it's not a matter of two like opposing religions, to, you know, where, where there's really no correct answer and you can just believe whatever you want to believe. That's not true. There is evidence, this stuff has been tried before, many times all over the world, and we have actual evidence. So we will not behave like uh, ignorant cavemen and pretend that we can just say, I identify as whatever outcome I want is what I'm going to pretend is true. Instead, we'll behave like what used to be called educated people and examine the evidence and obey the evidence, permit the evidence to dictate the conclusions, obey said evidence. And just to finish up on the COVID monster, I always remind people, according to the CDC, one-tenth of 1% of Americans were killed by the COVID monster in the year 2020. That's how much 360,000 is out of a pot of the CDC's official number, 360,000, out of 330 million people, which is the, uh, uh, the Census Bureau's official number for the population that year, one-tenth of 1%. It is statistically negligible. When in comparison to the amount of overreach and, and shutdowns and all that damage that was done, it is nobody. Over to you, Diana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting when, you know, like we talked about the Biddle Stadium, but I, personally I could care less, and I think it's a waste of tax dollars and, you know, I mean, there's bigger things to worry about than football, but that's just my opinion. So we can get off that soapbox now. So uh, what else do you want to move on to? I mean, there's there's a lots of things that you know happened this week. I know you don't keep up too much on the on the on the on the headlines, but the, the Pope came out this came out this week and said that the younger generation uh, shouldn't be eating meat anymore at all. I guess we should just be be eating crickets and you know rice flour. I guess, but I mean, it's, it's, this is the this agenda that they're pushing, and this is part of their whole Green New Deal. You know, you're eating meat, so you're bad for the environment. 
So you should eat this soy-infested, cricket-filled, hormone-disrupting uh, patty instead. So, you know, and so they get these big, you know, these big recognizable names. I mean, whether you agree with the Pope or not, which I don't believe in their practices, but the Pope is known, right? So he comes out and he says these things. So then, then people are going to start thinking, well, geez, maybe I shouldn't be eating so much meat. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going against what God wants. I'm, you know, and, and these things that they feed, their propaganda, uh, you know, and the prices of, of meat. And I don't eat a lot of meat at all. You know, once in a while I'll have some grass-fed organic, you know, ground beef. But for the most part, I don't eat it because I feel better when I don't eat it. You want to eat it? I don't give a shit. At least buy organic and grass-fed. You know, at least take care of your body that way. But the prices, I mean, the prices are absolutely astronomical for it. So instead, at the front of the store now, they've got displays of your little soy burgers and, you know, everything is, oh, you know, uh, Impossible Burger or whatever else this, this other crap is that they put out there, which is, honestly, it's like the worst thing for you. Soy is like the worst, one of the worst things you can eat. Yet they push this stuff. So I'm, I'm not even sure where I was going with this. I'm getting off again on a soapbox. But, uh, you know, just nutrition in general. As a society, we really need to be worried about what they are putting in our food supply. You know, and, and, and I'm, and I'm going to say it again. You know, now they're labeling things as non-GMO. So there's things that people, you know, eat on a daily basis that now they're turning over the package and going, this product contains a bioengineered ingredient. Well, okay, even Wegmans Bakery, you know, has that on their labels now. And Chunky Soup and, and you know, Nestle, not that I ever eat any of that garbage. I don't. You want to go ahead and eat that garbage? That's, that's up to you. But, uh, you know, I did my work to get myself out of a wheelchair, and it certainly wasn't by eating Oreos and, uh, and uh, white bread. But, uh, I'm just saying that there's better choices out there and read your labels because this bioengineered stuff is messing with people's hormones. And that is why I think these girls now, I mean, these girls are getting their first periods at like seven, eight, nine years old. That's crazy. They're wow. So I had no idea about that. That's, that's, that's alarming. It is, and and it is the hormones in the food. I mean, they pump antibiotics into all the foods, and you know, whatever they're spraying us on the air, and 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 who knows, you know. But yeah, these girls are. I mean, these girls at the age now, they're more developed than I've been out of high school for thirty. I don't even know. I graduated in eighty nine, so figure the math. I don't even want to know what it is now. Girls never look like that. I'm just saying. So there's definitely something to it with, you know, what, what, with what's in our food supply, especially, you know, especially if you're eating like fast food or, you know, these kinds of things. It's, it's just, I don't know, make better choices, make better choices. You know, it, you only have one body to live in and people are like, oh, you're crazy, you're hypochondriac. Well, guess what? I spent a year and a half in a wheelchair with Lyme disease. So guess what, people? I did the work to get where I am. And I frankly don't give a crap if you don't like the fact that I eat organic or don't, you know, 
go to McDonald's or smoke weed every day. I, I do what's best for me. I do me, you do you. So that's, that's, and that leads me back to the whole McDonald's thing that people were freaking out that they're getting rid of the soda machines. It's like, seriously, go, go get to just order one and, and they'll give you one. Or I don't know, go to 7-Eleven and, and buy one. Jesus, there's 7-Elevens popping up on every corner around here. So you'll find your fix somewhere. <laughs> people, so people who are regular listeners of the show are aware that Diana uh, is a uh, researcher of holistic medicine and natural remedies. Uh, you can go to, you can, when you go to uh, the DNP episodes page at pauldayton.us, the first thing you see is uh, Diana and a link to her, her site where she has that stuff, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com, followed by, of course, by the list of all the episodes uh, that you can uh, listen back through. So that's where you can go, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com if you want to, uh, you know, get in on some of that stuff. And yeah, it's amazing. So they want their stuff, the COVID monster, everyone's afraid of the COVID monster because of their health, you know, and then they... Right, then they rush to the fast food aisle, or they rush to the donut shop, they rush to get the pop or whatever, uh, or go drink, you know, a bunch of, you know, drink, drink 10 beers or whatever, which is, by the way, if you want to do those things, you should be free to choose to do those things. It's your body. It's nobody's place. It's not the government's place. Nobody knows how long you're going to live. Nobody, you know, it's up to you. If you want to act like you're not going to wake up, you're going to die today, every day is going to be your last day forever. So that each day when you wake up in the morning, you lost your bet in a perverse uh, little system for yourself. Uh, every day you wake up broke and worse health and just another day went by and you didn't do anything to make your life better or prepare for old age. You can do that if you want. Nobody, I mean, you might have a heart attack. You know, you could get struck by lightning or hit by a bus at, at any age or any time. So it's, it's your gamble to make as long as you're the one who suffer, who pays the consequences, good or bad. Uh, that's that's really the key, um, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it's funny, you know. I, I remember, so I lived in Buffalo during 2020, and I fled. It was I owned a few rental properties there, so I wasn't able to leave. You know, lickety split. It, I had to like sell my properties and figure out where. You know, it took a little, it took a few months once I decided like this is enough. Uh, but anyway, so I was in Buffalo during 2020, and I remember I was uh, I went to, I was there, and there was this woman. And she was, we were going inside of a building and, uh, she was, uh, like, she was like freaking out. Oh my God, my mask, my mask. I forgot my mask. And, uh, uh, that's about, it's approximately what she sounded like, by the way, out there, like shrieking and, oh my God. And I said, wait, well, so so hold on. I'm going to give the audience a, a picture so they can visualize this. This woman drove herself. So she engaged in driving, you know, motor vehicle traffic which uh, results in hundreds of thousands of injuries. Every I used to know when I used to went around like belittling people in the middle of 2020, uh, but you can look it up for yourself. Hundreds of thousands every year, including I think like 30,000 fatalities. Now, by the way, these injuries and fatalities number is very, it's, it's almost like medical malpractice. Like this is only reflecting people who sued and did not settle out of court. Like you actually got a conviction so that it was, you know, so that it goes down on the record as that's that's what happened. Um, so that the numbers are probably a little higher than that. But officially speaking, uh, so hundreds of thousands of, of injuries every year, including you know thirty thousand fatalities or whatever. I think something like that, thirty thousand fatalities uh, in the U.S. every year. So she engaged in, she drove a motor vehicle. She engaged in driving, you know, engaging in that, which was very dangerous uh, compared to the COVID monster. 
and she was smoking a cigarette. It made sense. Like, like, like she takes a drag, pulls it out, exhales the smoke. Oh my God, my mask, my mask. Oh my God. And I did. I lost. I mean, we were a few months into it, and I was short fused about about all this stuff. Really bothering me. And so I, I must confess, I, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't hit her. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. I never laid a finger on anybody, but I let her have it. I, I mean, I just berated her. What the hell's wrong with you, you idiot? No, everybody is fine comparatively. Wait, the shutdowns are the virus. Don't comply. I don't want to hear it. If you want to be afraid of the COVID monster, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to pretend that what you're saying is, is worth taking seriously. You are a menace by complying with it. You are a health problem. I don't want to hear you. I mean, you know, I, I ripped into her. Um, and it's funny. Yeah, so like Diana was mentioning, like, oh, my God, I need my, I need my experimental drug, uh, my experimental flu shot. Uh, you know, I need it. I need it for my health. And then they run to the drive through lane. It, it, it's bizarre. Bizarre. I talked about, I mentioned in my first book, the intellectual lower class. And I always emphasize it's a matter of attitude as opposed to aptitude. People who are fully capable. It's not, I'm not, I would never advocate belittling a person for something that they can't choose, right? If somebody's born with, you know, uh, they're just not that bright or, you know, they have legitimately mentally uh, disabled, legitimate mental disability or they were, you know, hit by a horse at some point, like they have a head trauma and they're not quite right. I'm not for belittling such people. That's a horrible thing to do. I'm talking about people who know for sure what they're doing is wrong, and for some reason they choose, they make that choice anyway. That's the intellectual lower class. They voluntarily choose their own inferiority, uh, and this—that's a prime example. These these people are prime examples of this of this uh, exemplified. And so I guess the message is: don't be. You know, this is a transient class. Choice uh, membership in it is a choice. So please. Choose better. It's in your own best interest to be the best that you can, to know as much as you can, to be as, you know, everything else, all, all that stuff. It, it only, it doesn't benefit you to fall for a politician's scam. It only benefits the politician. Over to you, Diana. Always. Yeah. yeah. In fact, thanks for mentioning uh, the website for uh, the products. I had somebody that ordered a whole bunch of greens and must have taken the advice that, you know, the, the greens are really good to have considering salad mixes, you know, $4 for a, a, a tiny six-ounce container now or four-ounce or whatever it is. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, those are a good reassurance that at least you're getting some nutrients. But, uh yeah. And speaking of nutrients, I, I had to visit a, a local, um, uh, like, immediate care type of thing when I was when I was down south there. And I, and I was literally laughing because this is like one of those walk-in clinics. You know, you, you break your finger or whatever it is, and you go in and they, and they fix you up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the walk-in. I don't know what they call it down by you. Um, but I was immediate care. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so Diana is talking about they call urgent care, immediate care. It's an alternative to the hospital. It's an alternative to the emergency room. The places only serve, like, four functions. Like, they'll set a broken bone. They'll, you know, uh, in other words, you can't go there and get, like, a um, a heart transplant. They, they won't do that. But like, they'll set a broken bone. They'll bandage you up. They'll, they'll sort of, you know, they'll, they'll slap a bandage on you and set you on your way. And uh, And that's what, yep, that's what they do. I know exactly what you mean. 
So I, I was kind of chuckling because this is supposed to be like a place that, you know, okay, we're kind of getting you healthy. We're promoting health here. We're getting, and you walk in and the first thing that's on the counter is a, a slushy, slushy. Like I think remember slushies. Remember Kmart when we were young and they called them slushies. I don't know if you remember that or not, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Kmart. Yeah, sure. But I mean, they they were serving loganberry and lemonade slushies. And like, are you kidding me right now? So we're serving neurotoxin coloring in a sugar bomb. In a in a in a, a, a you know well now whatever it is media care, urgent care type of thing. And I'm like, you, this is just, make it make sense. Please make it make sense. (laughs) This just makes no sense to me. (laughs) So, yeah, better choices. It's all in the choices. But, hey, I I could sit on my soapbox all night and talk about how, you know, I did my work. And, you know, people don't want to do the work. And if you don't like it, that's tough, you know, tough. You know, you got, sometimes you got to do the work to get where you are. And uh, instead of sitting back and, and making fun of what everybody else is doing. But, I yeah, the amount of people that I, I laughed at that, too, that would come out of their workplace or, you know, wherever it was they were working and pull their mask down to torque up a cancer stick, I just cannot. I mean, that is just too much for me. It's like <laughs> wearing a mask at all, putting like 97 chemicals into your body right now. Do you really care about the COVID virus? Come on. Stop it. So, yeah, pretty funny stuff. But anyway, I guess we could knock off our nutrition before we bore everybody to death or before we get nasty hate email saying, hey, I drink those slushies once in a while, everything in, everything in moderation. Well, mm, I don't know. To go, you know, I don't snort lines every once in a while either. And it's not everything in moderation. So I guess you do what's what's good for you. So live and learn. Absolutely. You know, I I want to, I have something here. Do you want to take a break at the bottom of the hour or do you want to keep going? Um, it's up to you. We could we could just keep going and then just cut out early. How about we do that? Well, that's fine. I, oh I have I have a lot I have stuff. Uh so we talked we spoke before about um the growth of government and nothing so uh, nothing so permanent as a as a temporary government measure and so forth, and uh, the political like we were saying before we mentioned Buffalo, New York, the potential to uh, have something start out as oh well we're just we're just giving them money for for a sports stadium. Well now since we have the stadium I guess we'll just give them money to host the Super Bowl. Well since we did money for that I guess we'll just expand that. So, so, so we'll give them money to build a bunch of hotels, right, and things that we really won't need for more than two weeks to host the Super Bowl. Well, since we did that, I guess we'll put money into putting illegal invaders in there or who are somebody else, paid-to-fail socialism. Uh, you know, it keeps getting ballooning, swelling, and swelling. Well, I want to talk to you all briefly about something uh, in the United States that used to be called the HEW. The Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. This is part of their shell game that they do in the federal government here. It became split into two bureaus. One is the uh, Board of Education, I believe, or something with education. The other is um, Health and Human Services, HHS. So those two bureaus today were one bureau before. 
Uh, it was started in uh, 1953. The initial budget for it was $2 million, which at that point amounted to 5% of the spending on the national defense. So that's not 5% of the national income, not 5% of GDP, 5% of spending on national defense. Now, remember, in the early 50s, for, we're dealing with, with Korea. We're dealing with Korean conflict here. So even at that time, it was only 5% of the spending on national defense. That's in 1953. So 25 years later, in 1978, the budget of HEW had swelled to 160, with a B, billion dollars from 2 million with an M in 1953. It was now $160 billion, which was one and a half times as great as the budget for national defense. One and a half times the amount of military spending was spent on HEW alone. This department is one department, this one bureau, employed 1% of all employed Americans. At that time, the budget of the HEW was enough to rank as the third highest budget of any country in the world, behind only those of the total U.S. government, of course, and that of the Soviet Union. So one bureau had, the big, had a bigger budget than any country in the world other than the Soviet Union. Unemployment uh, increased simultaneously with welfare enrollment and public housing programs resulted in fewer housing units than existed beforehand. That is the actual, so they promised that we're going to, you know, cure poverty. They did the, um, the uh, what they call the Great Society and the War on Poverty in the 60s. This is what ramped up the spending. And they said, oh, we're going to house the poor. We're going to solve homelessness. We're going to, uh, you know, get people jobs and eradicate poverty. Well, what actually happened? Put people on welfare, unemployment goes up. Their unemployment goes up. Uh, they say they're going to, uh, these public housing programs, it is true have fewer housing units. So that's not buildings, folks. This is not, this is not accounting uh, a, a sleight of hand here. In other words, well, they built one building, but it has 50 apartments in it. So no, no, no. Every one of those 50 apartments counts as a unit. So we're counting the, mm-hmm. the housing unit contracted during the course of this. And just a couple more. I mean, this, first of all, this should be enough for people out there to understand this. But the official poverty level in the United States in 1978 for a family of four was an income of 7000 And by the way, I posted something on my Facebook page uh, that you can check out. And I'll probably put it on the DNP Facebook page, uh, which I just use my Facebook page for advertising, which anybody can see. Uh, but if they go there, like that's. It's the only reason I still have a Facebook is because people go there, and I know I can advertise it. Otherwise, I would have just left it in disgust because it's, you know, it's a lot of trash going on there. But anyway, you'll see these, this propaganda around, and I hear people in the world mentioning where they, they talk about the price, the cost of things in yesteryear, but they make no reference to the income in yesteryear. I, I put a, a, a table that everyone can see of income classes in the late 1960s in which the high income was anybody over $10,000 a year. Middle class was four to 6000 a year for an individual, a household of one. Um, so when so, well, a house only cost $8,000, yeah, but a middle class income was, you know, 4500 You know what I mean? Like it was not, it's not like their income was 30000 and a house was only eight. So that, 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 that's just a scam that's out there. So anyway, uh, but what they kept doing, of course, was raising the, uh, raising the, the um, uh, 
criteria for poor, but of course what they don't do, and it's still true today, they don't count the uh, in-kind payments, the cash value. So in other words, if somebody's paid 10000 in today's money, if somebody's paid uh, 1000 a month, well, so 12000 a year in cash, and they're also paid family on Medicaid, family plan health insurance, well, we know that the premiums on average in the year 2020 was, so the average premium for people who actually paid for health insurance in 2020 uh, for a family plan was $20,000 a year. It doesn't count co-pays. It doesn't count deductible premiums alone. Average, so not the best plan. Average was twenty was twenty thousand a year. So therefore, a person who has a job working part time at you know whatever J.C. Penney or someplace as a cashier for ten thousand a year, and they get twelve thousand a year in uh, handouts, but they also have another twenty thousand plus a year that they're being paid in health insurance, which is not which counts as zero dollars. If they receive Section 8 housing, the value of that count is $0. So what's the point of this? The point of this is to illustrate to people that when, when they give you the, the government, these scamsters with these sham charities try to uh, prey on your emotions and show how, how bad the problem is. And they say, well, their income's only this low number. Well, wait a second. They're not actually, you know, it's, it's amazing. You come up with a low number if you don't actually count all the stuff that there'd be, all the income. Right, and they they disqualify all the stuff they're being handed. And I do a whole I do a whole chapter on it in my first book, in which we we actually use Erie County, New York, and we show that a person with the paid to fail socialism is paid over forty thousand dollars a year in handouts just for having a child. Uh, what used to be called an illegitimate child, but having a child who uh, for whom you, you are unable to provide, you don't have the father around, the single mother has possession, and as long as she fails to earn her or herself above like $18,000, roughly that amount, then she's lavish with another 40000 in handouts in terms of Section 8 housing, Medicaid health insurance, food stamps, so that her effective income is in fact $60,000 a year, right? That, mm-hmm. and that, so, so the it's, 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 a, it's a dishonesty. And just so just to bring just a cap it here, the brief, uh, brief talk. Well, how is that today? So at that point in time, so remember by 1978, we're double the, uh, we're double the, or one and a half times the spending on national defense. And that ate up 6.8% of GDP. So 6.8% of the nation's income in 1978 went to those programs. By the year 20, uh, 2019, the rate was 6.55%. So basically the same. It has not gotten any better over the years, no matter how much you like the people whose names are on it, uh, including like Dutch Reagan was in for two terms during that span. You had uh, two Bushes for three terms, for a total of three terms during that span. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, if you like the people with the R next to their name, they, they were in a bunch during that time. And still, it hasn't gotten any better in terms of national income. And what's another important factor is all the people who are employed by these bureaus waste, not just wasting time, they're counterproductive. That's an important difference. So in other words, what they're doing with their time is just, if you had a scale, right, whether like it could be zero or plus one, plus two, and then minus one, minus two, either direction, it's not just landing on zero. It's counterproductive. It's negative impact. Why? Because instead, because first of all, we know that these handout programs, these redistributive programs, all around the world for centuries 
has shown a, a negative impact on productivity overall, which means less stuff, uh, less goods and services available for everybody. So that's hurting the nation, of course. But the other important factor is these people, these multitudes of people, could be doing something worthwhile with their efforts, right? They might have a job, you know, in an office someplace else, but in a real business, a real company designed to make money that has to please the customer. Instead, they're working in a monopoly at a sham charity in which if they ever say that their job is done, they all lose their jobs. They're all incentivized to keep the, keep the problem up forever. Uh, that's another important, it's another cost that sort of can't really be expressed in terms of dollars, but it definitely exists. Uh, and so I just want to, yeah. you know, when people, when you hear these people as they ramp up, you know, throw it over to Diana, you hear these people sort of ramp up the uh, the alarm again, right? They put, it's the same old show. They're bringing the same old act on stage, and they're seeing how many of the, hey, man, it's old enough last time. So they see, don't fall for it. When they tell you we need this, it's just an emergency. It, remember 15 days to, to flatten the curve? How long did that go on for in New York State? Like 28 months? Serious, serious, yeah. that, that might be the serious number. So don't go for yeah. it, folks. It, it just, they sink their claws in, you give them an inch, and they take your life. Over to you, Diana. Yeah. Bottom line, that's right. They're, they're, they have their agenda, you know, in New York State. Unfortunately, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, with maybe some elections and thing would, things would change, but, I mean, it's going to take a miracle for, for anything to happen with New York State. It just really is. It's going to take a miracle. So um yeah I don't know you know I I well, I'm yeah. sorry Diana I was yeah I was just reiterating what you were saying you say it's going to take a miracle and I'm just pointing out to the audience it's up to the voters it's up to the uh, the populace it's up to you if you live in your or wherever you live whatever state you live in whichever country you live in, you live in another country I mean it's really up to you don't reward these people can we trust election integrity you know and and i've had on the new york state audit on this on this show several times talking about election fraud you know is there election fraud was there election fraud even in the presidential um election you know why, why did they have to hide all that stuff i don't know you know so um it's uh you know there there people that well, why is why doesn't why don't they require id for voting it's, it's absolutely nuts that you can go in and vote for anybody. You could be anybody if you, if you want to go in. I mean, I could go in and and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm transgender now. I'm 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 Paul Bates. I'm going to vote. I live at this address, and they don't they don't even check any they don't even check any ID. It's crazy. I mean, you got to have ID to I don't know to pretty much get anything nowadays. You got to have ID. You know, you, you had to have you had to have passport to go to the Bills game a couple of years ago. Think about that. I mean, realistically, think about. It. Just saying. Oh, well, you're, you're right on. That's right on. And you know what's interesting? Again, I meet people in the world, and I, you know, sometimes I'll see a person, and they'll they'll be really, you know, we need to have like stringent. Basically, it's almost impossible to get to get a, to get a firearm. It's what they want. They want lots of ID. They want lots of waiting. They want lots of checking people out. Um, but but for voting, they want the opposite of that. And I got news for you folks out there. And I would teach these people the same lesson, which is well, that I'm teaching them the lesson. I, I relay the evidence. Uh, your vote 
I mean, you know, vote. I tell people vote responsibly. There used to be drinking uh, commercials. They would say drink responsibly or drink and drive responsibly. I tell people vote responsibly. Voting irresponsibly definitely for sure harms, negatively harms lives, including killing people uh, far more, far more than anybody having, you know, the right to defend themselves with a, the means to defend themselves or to hunt their own food uh, with, with, with owning a firearm. Definitely, for sure. But we talk, the past episodes of this show we, think, we talk about, we talk about the Great Chinese Famine uh, during the, uh, uh, the, the early 1960s in which 45 million, 45 million people, Chinese, starved to death. Remember, 360,000 Americans were killed by the COVID monster in 2020, according to the CDC. One-tenth of 1% of the population. Nobody. 45, that's a name brand, like Chairman Mao. That's a name brand example. You learn about that in high school. Uh, we talked about uh, the Russian famine in the 30s. I forget the number offhand. I think it was 25 million offhand uh, who died uh, in that exam, in that one instance. Socialism has killed more people than, the, than all of the diseases in the entirety of recorded history combined, including the COVID monster. And that socialism death toll, by the way, does not include wars. Like, in other words, it does not include the death toll from World War II, right? It doesn't, we're just talking about the policies impact upon their own citizenry. In direct deaths, we're not, that doesn't even take into effect the amount of life years cost. In other words, people, we talked about it before, the shutdowns were the virus. They, they had by uh, May of 2020 cost hundreds of thousands of life years of human life, uh, which Dr. Scott Atlas pointed out, and I encourage people to look up that. And, and, and their work, he and his partner did in the, I think it's the Hills where they published that. But you can find it, Dr. Scott Atlas, you, you can find it uh, out there in the audience if you want to. Uh, but hundred, because they were inflicting unemployment upon people in the name of their own protection from the COVID monster, unemployment, uh, when you reduce someone's income, especially by doing it artificially, it reduces their life expectancy. When you, uh, when you put a child in, in a house that has reduced the income and the income goes below a certain level, that child now becomes more at risk to be a victim of domestic violence. Uh, and then, therefore, that child life expectancy is, therefore, also reduced, not only by the reduction of income, so their parents are less able to provide for them, but also the, the double whammy of the, you know, the, the heightened chance, statistically, of being uh, you know, a victim of a domestic violence, which itself is another secondary detriment, taking life years off of, you know. So that, that is another important cost to these supposedly helpful programs. Um, that people should be aware of. And again, keep your antenna up and keep your backbone stiff or, de- or develop one if you need to. Maybe you, I don't know where the person is, but use your mind, you know, ask questions based upon what evidence and you have your own evidence. You ask the person, do you have any evidence that, con- that, that overturns this evidence, right? The, the people should work together, pooling information to arrive at the, 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 the correct answer. Correct, of course, being the evidence, the, the, the conclusion which is dictated by the evidence, as opposed to one person comes in saying one thing, the other person comes in saying another, and no matter what happens, neither one of them will budge. Standing steadfastly in the way of their own advancement in the name of their own pride. I mean, proud of what? I'm so proud of what 
an uneducated ignoramus I am behaving like by, by eschewing evidence, by reacting to it as oil reacts to water. I'm so proud of how far I'm harming myself. You know, it's amazing. The, such a person yeah. will not, they won't take one step back to move, to spend the rest of their life stepping forward. Instead, they're just going to stand right where they are, stuck. Yeah. And by the way, that's a perfect prey for the bad guys. So this is a person who is perfect for the victim politics industry. You're a victim. Not yeah. to, so this person, in other words, does not have to, like, accept accountability for themselves and their behavior. In other words, no, 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 it's not your fault. You're not behaving like a pathetic child uh, and not making the best of your life. That's not why you you don't have what you want. It's because of, of just a boogeyman, some kind of phantom. It's because of white supremacy. It's because of the patriarchy. It's because of Negro suppression. It's because of, you know, rich people, billionaires, business owners, anybody but you. It's everybody's fault but yours. And and they just it's just it's disgusting. It's it's sad to watch the person sacrifice themselves, a, sacrifice, a, a, a lamb sacrificed upon the altar of so-called social justice. Over to you, Diana. Yeah, 100%. There's so many people that just, you know, they're never going to make a change in their life because they're too comfortable, you know, where they are, too fearful to make a change. They just, you know, they want to stay where they are and, oh, you know, you know, I, I see a lot of that, you know, where people just, uh, you know, they just, don't want to make any change. They just want to stay the same. They're com- you know, they're happy with their old shoes and their old slippers on, and never take a chance. Well, too bad for them. You and I aren't those people. So, and that I could say that's, I'm pretty darn proud of. So, that's right. It's amazing, you know, these these people. Um, they will not. Uh, they don't. They they're comfortable. They're comfortable in their own. Uh, their own, what is it? Like, it's comfortable to be a voluntary failure, which is fine. Like, really, if they're, like we were saying before, if a person wants to eat fast food every day or if the person wants to abstain from all earthly pleasures all the time, hoping that they'll live forever, and then they, you know, get struck by lightning uh, when they're 22 years old and they never got any of life's pleasures, right? It's all a bet. The person has their own life. They can make their own bet. As long as the person... Each, as long as the person receives their own consequences. Now, it doesn't mean that other people can't chip in and help out privately by choosing to help such a person with made poor choices. I mean, that, that's okay. But again, when somebody has the, the what's called a, perversely called a right, to reach into the pockets of their neighbor, whether their neighbor likes it or not, against their neighbor's will in many cases, to make up for person yeah. A's irresponsible behavior, that's a huge problem. And I just want to talk to people real briefly. I have a couple more facts. I know we're running out of the show. Uh, let's talk about how much government is enslaved. You know, I just talked about shackles, right? There are shackles. And the shackles have to be on one of the two, one of two parties. And the two parties are party A, the people, party B, the state, right, the government. The shackles, and the Constitution put the shackles firmly on the state and kept them well off of the people. The people were well, you know, those shackles were where they belong, on the government. Ever since the great failure of socialism, the New Deal, in the 1930s, uh, this has reversed. So uh, expressed as a proportion of GDP, as the national income, right, the percentage of the national income in which the state puts its hands on and keeps for itself and lets you know how much of your own money you can have back, if any. 
You can come beg for it. It's kind of like they said, hey, in New York State, uh, once we arrest you, you can sue us and see if we'll let you out. These, these socialists, wokerness, whatever you want to call these people, it's funny. They'll say, like, oh, well, we'll take your money. What if I want this? What if I want that? Their answer, well, you can ask for a program, which you just code for. You can beg me for it back. So anyway, total government spending was 10%. Total government. I'm talking about federal, state, and municipal. Everything in the pot. 10% of GDP up until, up until the early 20th century. So for a century and a half, we'll just say, a uh, century and a quarter. Uh, that was the case, and everything was great. The, the fourth quarter of the, of the 19th century in the United States was one of the greatest periods of growth, prosperity, enrichment, uplifting of the masses uh, that has ever occurred ever in the history of the world, ever. That's correct. Uh, so that spending, which was 10%, exploded to 20% of GDP during 32 to 40 New Deal disaster. Uh, at that point, it grew 50% more, so from 20 to 30%, it's a 50% increase during the 1960s, the great failure of socialism, part two, great society and war on poverty. Now, government, now the government had a third of the nation's income in its pocket. Then the Vietnam War was introduced so that, you know, spending did escalate a little bit for the wartime. However, it wasn't really reduced that much. The expansion continued up to the 2009-2015 level, which hovered between 40 and 45 percent of national income. This is, this is recent. I mean, the government is I mean, it's crazy. The, 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 time, the working definition of slavery is 51%. Right? If you take more than half of what the person does against their will, what their earnings, their money, whatever it is, they are a slave. That is sort of the working definition of slavery and has been for some time. I mean, we are perilously close, perilously close to becoming slaves under that definition of the state, of the government. And um, it's really important. So put those shackles on the state. Right? It's time to look at the state that says they want to put shackles on you for your own protection. So I'm going to go take a long walk off a short bridge. People can check out uh, pauldayton.us for every episode of this show, DNP, at the archive page, along with a bunch of other stuff. I have articles, and I've been on other shows, and that's, that's on there as well. You can check out hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. There's a link to that, and Diana is on the uh, the DNP episode archives page. You find that first when you go there. Um, thanks for everybody for listening. Any amount of time, whether you listen live or you're listening to the podcast afterwards, I, I am grateful. I know Diana is too. You have a million and one options out there, and to, to devote any of your attention to myself or to this show is um I, i'm i'm i appreciate it so thanks so much for listening and i'll, I'll throw it to diana yeah good stuff so stay tuned um for bare faces legal and then we have got i don't know if dave or if uh proof is doing bare face or barefoot is legal next but either way uh good show to tune into formative and next week realtor following week we're going to have diane share on again um, who's running against Kristen Gildebrand, and she's going to update on us on it. She's a brilliant woman, so much stuff to talk about with her. And then um, following week, I think we're going to have on Dave Franklin. He's running um, for uh, for legislation in New York, and then um, a couple more shows coming up in October. So DNP, closing the lies. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, and just, you know, a side note, don't forget to drink your water this week and mind your own business. Right, Paul? Amen. Have a good night, all. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.